Okay, Boker Tov, we continue in our studies in the Sefer Das Hasviros. We just started yesterday the sixth essay, and now the next uh, 11 essays will be dealing with the specific Sviros, which are the various um, manifestations of characteristics of Hashem that human beings in the image of Hashem have as Jews. And yesterday we just mentioned that the Svira is uh, of Keser. Again, Keser is the um, top Svira. And it's also known as Ayin, as nothing, because we have no comprehension of what it is. It's beyond what we can understand. And the Vilnagon explains that the Svira of Keser parallels the Ratzon, the desire, which is the source of all desires. And that was Hashem's desire to create a world based on kindness. And therefore the human being as well has a kasser, which is the source of all his desires. And again, it's very lofty and very often it's beyond what the person even can consciously be aware of that he has. Because many of those desires are in our subconscious and we're not even aware of that in positive or negative ways, but obviously this is meant in the most positive way. We have uh, uh, an, a, a reflection of Hashem inside of us. And just like Hashem's deepest, deepest, deepest desire is only the good for mankind, so that is every Jew's deepest desire, if you know about it or not. And that drives things going with us and uh, that's why it's also considered the word mufla. It's wondrous. And as the Talmud says, uh, based on the stories of the Tanakh, things that are beyond you, you, you don't even try to comprehend, so to speak, or question. The Vilna Gon says that the meat of Kesser is also called the Ein Sof, the infinite. And therefore he says that when we pray, and uh, we don't pray, that Hashem should bestow kindness from the infinite, from the keser, because it's so overwhelming, it would just destroy us, so to speak. So we, we ask for, from other aspects of Hashem, where we ask to, for Him to give to us, even though the source of all that is from the um, deepest desires of the keser. Okay, some of these ideas uh, we mentioned before, and one of them is the fact that the 13 attributes of compassion that come from Hashem, that they, that they come from the Keser. They come from the Keser. Uh, however, uh, when we're davening, so that, but this is not really a tefillah. The 13 attributes of mercy is not a tefillah, because tefillah, we said, is focused towards a lower partsuf. As we've discussed before, partsufs are different than spheros. And spheros is the actual quality. The partsuf is the realm of existence where the quality manifests itself. So uh, those who have been here listening every day understand more. Those just coming on Friday, it's a little bit, uh, you just have to accept that for now. And... Uh, and therefore, when we pray to Hashem, we do it towards a lower parts of, of uh, Ze'er Anpin, which is basically uh, judgmental reward and punishment. That's where there's an aspect of Hashem um, 
discussing uh, this issue where prayer falls into place. But we do not pray to the highest levels of Keser that are paralleled in a much higher parts of. And um, that's enough for us to understand right now. Because the whole idea of prayer, prayer is, is, is connection. It's, it's pairing yourself with, with Hashem, to be bound up with Hashem. It's a situation of dvekus. And when we do that, as we're talking to Hashem, and we're trying to connect to Hashem, so therefore, it has to be something that we have, are relatable to us. And that level of kesa that is so deep, we have no understanding of what it does for us. And then we don't relate to it on that level. He gives it in Marshall, and I think it's a very good Marshall. When you speak to another individual, what, to whom are you speaking to? To what aspect of that person are you speaking to? So let's think about it. There's a lot of aspects. There's the physical body. Are you speaking to the physical body? Are you talking to his arm? Are you talking to his ear? No. Not at all. So what are you talking to? You're talking to his neshama. Ah, but in the neshama, there's five parts. There's five parts. So which part of the neshama are you talking to? The whole general soul. Well, you could be talking to the nefesh. That's the lowest level of soul. That's the basic human drive of survival. See, it's very fascinating. You say, I'm talking to a person. What does it mean I'm talking to a person? Did you ever think about that? I mean, I'm talking to him. Yeah, but that person has five layers of reality. Which level are you speaking to? So he said the lowest level is nefesh. That is the basic animalistic instinct of survival. It might vary depending on what you're talking about. Mm. Of whom you're talking about. Uh, yeah, what you're talking about, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I was saying, should I, should I go, I'm going to the store, should I get you a milk? Mm -hmm. yeah. So what part of you am I talking to? I'm talking to the nefesh. Yeah. Okay? Now, what if I, what if I say, I have deep feelings for you. Ruach. Now you're talking to the next level, which is Ruach, which is the emotional part. Right. It can also, and that's a, that's a whole different part of the human being you're addressing. And then what if you are uh, saying words of Torah? Mm -hmm. You're sharing the Dvar Torah. You are now working on Nishama. You're working, you're speaking intellectually to the person expressing spiritual concepts. And now the question is, can you talk to the person's chaya and yechida? That is not very easy to do that because are you talking to his rezam da etra? Are you speaking to his total connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he realizes he has no existence outside of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? That part of the person you're not talking to. And therefore, when you're praying to Hashem, there are certain parts you cannot talk to because they're beyond. I cannot speak to the hidden part of the person. I would, that would take psychoanalysis already. But in a general discussion, I can't speak to the things that are the deepest part of you that you may not even share with people. Okay? And that they may not even realize themselves that they have. 
So there are certain hidden parts of people that you are not aware of. It takes a lot of time, and perhaps when you have a good, strong relationship with a person, you might be able to speak to the Chai and the Echida. But generally, when you're speaking to somebody casually, and they're not the deepest of friends, you can't talk that way. So therefore, the same thing with Hashem. You can't talk to the deepest layers of Hashem because they're beyond, we don't even know what they are. So we have to speak to lower levels, and that's not the realm of Kesser that we're speaking to. We're speaking to lower levels. And uh, the thirteen, and that's why, for example, we said already, when the Jewish people were at the Sea of Reeds, and they were in great danger, and Moshe's praying to Hashem, Hashem says, now is not the time to pray. Now is not the time to pray. Because um, prayer, well, the Jews were in such a spot that prayer wasn't going to work. Why wouldn't prayer work? Because prayer, you're talking to a lower level. You're talking to the lay, the, in the sphere, in the partsuf of uh, Ze'er Anpin, which is a much lower reality, and that's where Hashem wants to give, but it's through judgment and all these things. And when the judgment could be good, then you could talk to Hashem. You could talk to Hashem. But if the judgment is like, forget it. We were idol worshippers. They were idol worshippers. So you pray. You, when you're talking to somebody and uh, let's say you've hurt that person. You really are really nasty to that person. Mm -hmm. And now you say, can you do me a favor, please? I need a favor from you. Huh? So who, why are you asking me for a favor? I'm not going to do it, but you. You disrespect me. You don't care about me. Why should I do you a favor? And if you're smart, you won't even ask that person. If you have chutzpah, you'll ask the person. <laughs> it, but in other words, you know, you, you, you want something. You know, I want you um, to go out of your way and save my life. <laughs> you made my life miserable. I don't, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And, and put myself in danger also, forget it. So now, when the Jews were talking, we're going to pray to Hashem, Hashem, save us. Mm -hmm. By what right should I save you? You worship idols like the Egyptians worship idols. You're the same. You're no different. Why should I save you? And Hashem is saying to Moshe, don't pray. Well, what are we supposed to do? There's only one thing you could do. Have bitachon in me. Because now that you have bitachan in me, now I'm going to have to pull out something from a much deeper aspect of how I run the world. And that's the keser. Remember, the keser is the will of all wills. And we'll see in a minute, what is the will of all wills of Hashem? What drives ev everything that Hashem does in the world? Every other manifestation of Hashem is driven by that deep, deep will of what? I just want to do good. For the Jewish people. Now, you may not always see that, but that's the overriding principle of Hashem, everything that Hashem does. Every single thing, everything. The war in Ukraine is because Hashem wants to do good to the Jewish people. High inflation, Hashem wants to do good for the Jewish people. Okay? That that how's that? I don't get that. Well, it's going through a lot of spheros. But you gotta know that's driving everything. That is the Kesser. Now, we dare not talk to the Kesser because we have no idea what, who we're talking to and what we're talking about. That's not it. 
when I pray, I pray in terms of the part of Hashem that I'm able to understand. When he behaves on lower levels, the way he's treating me, then I could start talking to him. That I can have a relationship with. So when we're at the Sea of Reeds, Hashem says there's no point in, in, in praying. Mm. Prayer is, is not going to work at this point. So what do you have to appeal to? You have to appeal to the fact that I'm, not, I'm unworthy to speak to you, but all I could do is show bitachon in you. I could show trust in you. Now that already is, is something that is not usual for the Jew either. Mm-hmm. So Hashem says, if you put your trust in me, then I can bring something out from the deepest, deepest part of the kesser, even though you don't deserve it. That's how it works. And, and therefore, it didn't, and therefore, the same thing is when we say the 13 attributes of mercy. Mm-hmm. After Jews sin with the golden calf, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's nothing to talk about. Hashem says, destroy, I'm going to destroy them. And Moshe, you know, is, has to appeal to a higher level. And that's when Hashem reveals the 13 attributes of mercy. That when we say the 13 attributes of mercy, that's not a prayer. That's not a prayer because you're not saying Hashem do something. No. You're, you're describing Hashem. Exactly. Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachum, Vachanun, Erech, You're not saying be merciful to us and no. save us. No. You're just describing his 13 attributes of mercy. Where do those 13 attributes of mercy come from? They come from the Keser. Because those attributes of mercy are, the, are, are what drives everything. So all we're really saying is we're, we're, we're praising Hashem that he has those attributes of mercy. But that alone doesn't help. As the commentaries tell us that the only way... Now Hashem said if you... The wording of the Gemara says if you perform the 13 attributes of mercy... You pray, it will, it will help, always. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean just say the words. Perform means to emulate. Now, you have to talk about 13 attributes of mercy. It's a whole other class. But the, any one of those 13 attributes of mercy is beyond normal behavior. A non-Jew is not capable of doing it at all. Because that is divine, divine mercy. And non-Jews are not capable of that. Only a Jew who has part of that inside of him is able to behave in that way. And that, for example, one of them of Kale, right, is that Hashem gives to you, Hashem gives to the person who bites the hand that feeds them. Hashem, when you do an Avera, Think of the last Avera you did. I know it was a long, long time ago. Could you have done that Avera had Hashem not given you the energy to do it? So when the last time, many, many years ago, when you were speaking Lashon Hara, Hashem could have just given you a stroke before you'd speak the Lashon Hara. He's going to say, not on my dime are you going to do it. You're taking my power and you're talking Lashon Hara. I ain't going to do that. So the question is, well, why did he do it? Because he has mercy. 
Because if he wouldn't let you do it, you'd have no free will choice, and then what you do wouldn't make a difference. Now, how many of us can do that? We're raising children, supplying them with money and all these things, and knowing they're not doing exactly what you want. Okay? Now, only a Jew can do that. <laughs> okay? So therefore Hashem is saying, if you will emulate my behaviors, which require a lot of amuna, and which really mean you have to put yourself out, then you're not praying to me, but I see what kind of individual you're trying to be, and therefore from my deepest place. In other words, for us to emulate that, we got to go to our deepest place, a place that we usually don't go. And therefore, when the person who uh, really has been um, making your life miserable asks you for a favor, how will you be able to do that favor? You have to deep dig deep into your own kesser. And where's your own kesser? Your own kesser manifests through the 13 attributes of mercy to behave in certain ways. You know, and, and that's the real tests in life. That's the real tests in life. People who, who hurt you and now they ask you for favors. <laughs> you know, people who unceremoniously, you know, leave the shul and they don't even say goodbye, but then later they need the favor from the rabbi. And everybody has to go out of his way to do them a favor. Now, honestly, I don't want to do them a favor. But I have to dig into my kesser to do the favor. You know, that, and then when I do that, then maybe Hashem will do me a favor that he doesn't want to do for me. Mm -hmm. and and, you don't do it for that. Nobody. Well, I don't, I'm not doing because I want to do it. Because you have but there's a part deep, deep inside of me that always wants to do it to somebody yeah. else. But... It's not, it's not easy for everybody to do that. You know, especially when people leave the shul and speak Lush and Har about you. <laughs> okay? So you say, okay, goodbye, good riddance, and I don't, you don't want to have anything, so just nothing. But then they come back, and they need a, a, a favor, and you got to go out of your way to do something for them. They should be embarrassed. To come they should be embarrassed. Yeah, but after all, I'm a rabbi, so you're, you, remember, you can always get away with things against a rabbi, because yeah. he can't fight back. He can't talk well enough. You should embarrass them? I'm not you saying should. you should, but they oh, can get away no, with it. No, no. It's okay. It's if you embarrass another person, the other guy will destroy you. Yeah. Rabbi. You know, well, the rabbi doesn't behave that way. Imagine if, 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 uh, if you really embarrass another person, that person's going to live with that? Mm. He's going to destroy you. So therefore, you may hold back and not do it. Unless he's at the level we were talking about. Most yeah. people are not. Regular. Listen, you see all the Losh and Har Machlaikas that goes oh, on in the world. What are you talking about? The the we time. don't speak to our in-laws because they did this to us. They yeah, didn't exactly. keep their word. I want nothing to do with them. Blah, blah, blah. Parents, but you could always know you can get away with it with a rabbi because the rabbi has to behave on a higher level. If he doesn't, then they have more Losh. See, how come he didn't? Well, what did, didn't you insult him? Didn't you do all that? Yeah, but he's a rabbi. He should be beyond that. <laughs> Right? Exactly. So, but, but you got to realize that when that happens to me, so I, I have to understand, so what, what's Hashem doing for me? Mm -hmm. Hashem is telling me, you know, you haven't dipped into your Kesser lately. Mm -hmm. So I'd like you to dip into your Kesser because I want you to know who you really are. Yeah. And now, if I happen to have any personal problems that I need Hashem to help me with, and I'm really too embarrassed to dive into Hashem to help me with that because I have, don't really deserve His help, 
Then Hashem will dip into the Kesser, his Kesser, and will do things for me I don't deserve. Because ultimately, what is, remember, a Kesser is a crown. Who wears a crown? Only a king. What's unique about a king? What's unique about a king in theory? In theory. Benevolent. Yeah, well, yes, right, but right. one other thing in terms of can he get things done? Yes. Yeah. yes. Whatever you say. Now, is there anything a king in his realm can't get done? No. No. As soon as he said, as if you remember the king and I, <laughs> so is it written, yeah. so it shall be done. Remember that line? I think yeah. that was the line, no? That's the line. Even Ten Commandments? Maybe, whatever. Because when you're the king, you just say it, it's done. It's, it's not like you got to... We're talking about a king, not a president. The king has ultimate power. If he says, we're going to build a bridge over this mm -hmm. thing, you know how much that's going to... I said we're doing it. Yeah. Done. Done. And there is a concept. There is a concept that the Talmud says, "Ain davar omed lifnei rotzon." Nothing can stand in the way of a pure, unmitigated will. If you really want to do something, you can do it. Are you talking about yourself now? Yes, but when it's us, yes, there's nothing to hold me back up to the point of my power. Exactly. Yeah. I can't do more than my power, but the king has unlimited power. I I want to help somebody. Okay, somebody's sick. I want to help them. I'll do everything. I'm going to call every doctor, every hospital, this and that. But I only have so much pull. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if everyone doesn't want to speak to me, they don't want to speak to me. But if I know the king, yeah. king makes one call. Oh, your majesty, for sure, will let him in. Okay? So that's, that's the unmitigated will. Hashem's will is to do good for the Jewish people. He loves us all. It's an unmitigated will. But on the other hand, um, we're not exactly the best behaved people in the world. And even with an unmitigated will, Hashem knows if I'm going to keep being nice to them, it's not going to be good for them. Are we better behave than the non-Jews? Yeah. Do what? Are we better behave? We better behave, but Hashem expects us more, much more. Yeah, I know. So, Tony, you don't walk around dressed as a woman. Shkoyach, you're better than the non-Jews. But that alone makes you a good person? No, you do chesed, you, you know, you, you, you have to do more. And I said, okay, who do you discipline more, your children or strangers? <laughs> your children, because you care about them. So Hashem cares about us. And remember, all the discipline comes from love. But sometimes we get to a point, and that's the, uh, the idea that Lutzado talks a lot about. He talks about the, the two, um, the two uh, planes of existence how Hashem deals with us. He deals with us with the one idea of the, 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 the role of justice, reward and punishment is one way he works the system. And the other one is called with the, with the Yichud Hashem, the unity of Hashem, which means, yeah, there's justice and all that, but then there's my ultimate will. And my ultimate will will override justice when necessary. So what's the ultimate, we go to the ultimate Everything Hashem does, the, the deepest of the deepest of the deepest is what Hashem wants to bestow good to the Jewish people. Sending us to Egypt was good for us. It was good for us. We, we purified ourselves. But then we started messing up. Okay, so now things had to get worse. Now it's time to leave Egypt. Now they're stuck at the Sea of Reeds. 
And right now, they're not behaving so well. They don't, and the justice system says, no way. <laughs> so then Hashem says, just jump in, because then you'll kick in something much deeper. Something now that's something that's not easy for us to do. It's not rational, but that kicks that in. Because that's when the Yichud Hashem, the unity of Shem, has to come into play. People have to know there's a God in this world, and I cannot allow the Jewish people to be destroyed. So therefore, that comes from the Kesser. Now, you want, if you want to employ the Kesser, mm -hmm. that means th things are really tough. If you have to get to the Kesser, it's really tough. Because you're asking Hashem to make major changes. Now, we employed the Kesser before the Holocaust. Didn't work. Why didn't it work? Because we didn't really activate the 13 attributes. I'm sure we said the words, but we didn't activate them as much as we should have. So unfortunately, what happened, happened. But afterwards, the founding of the State of Israel, that was all miraculous. That was Yichud Hashem. So you got to understand, you know, there, there's things that change. As we were discussing in our Rambam class, uh, 20, you know, and a lot of this has, you know, changes the politics of the world. What do I mean? That uh, 20 years ago or so, 25 years ago, there was a lot of talk of the two-state solution. Now, you got to think for a minute, why in the world would the Israelis want to have a two-state solution? And this is what Rabin and all these guys were, were pushing. Do you remember why they were pushing it? <laughs> Even though it doesn't make any sense, make put sense. another state that wants to destroy you? Why were they pushing it? To appease the Americans, no. No. Yeah. No. They do a lot of things not to appease them anyways. It was for their own survival. Well, Why? Because the Arab population was growing at a tremendously fast pace. In Israel. Still do. No, no, no. So they projected 25 years ago that in about 50 years, there'll be majority Arabs. So let's just give them their own state. As bad as that is, it's worse if the Israeli state becomes an Arab state. Because of the numbers. They're not going at the same rate now? No. So That's now, so, so now, so, so, and so that meant the future was bleak. That was really a no-win scenario. If we don't keep a two-state, then we'll be an Arab state in 50 years. Mm. Let's say in 2050, we'll be an Arab state. That's what statistics said. So we can't have that, because then we don't have a Jewish state. <laughs> so let's give the two million Arabs a state. That's it. You're an Arab, go there. Ah, you're right on our doorstep. At least we have a Jewish state. Mm -hmm. Then something very unpredictable happened. Mm -hmm. Got to remember, there is a general rule of thumb. When people live in prosperous democracies, they don't reproduce so much because they get used to being selfish. <laughs> and Arabs who first came to Israel having five, six, seven kids, now they got jobs, they're prosperous. Ooh, down to two kids. The only country in the world, actually. And the Israelis, as secular as they are, they still believe in having kids, so they're having like three kids. Hmm. Ah, but those disgusting Haredim <laughs> who uh, leeches off the government, all these things, they have 10, 12 kids. All of a sudden, 
The Haredim are almost coming up to the Arabs and we're going to surpass the Arabs and that's not allowing the Arabs to be a majority anymore. <laughs> so you're going to give Haredi a separate state? No. <laughs> what's going to happen What's going to happen in 2050 is the Haredim are going to run the government. Yeah, okay. As they already have done a big impact on the government now. Who would have ever thought to question the Supreme Court's anti-democratic behavior? Got enough Haredim, and that's Haredim, or even we'll call the Dati uh, Lumi, also having a lot of kids. And the secular Israelis not catching up to that. And the Arabs are less. So, what is that? That's Hashem doing the Yichud Hashem routine. And you see how foolish the government was. As much as they wanted to destroy fundings for yeshivas and all these things, because the Haredim are worse than the Arabs. But now, all of a sudden, you don't have to have a two-state solution anymore. <laughs> and as time will pass, the Arabs will, the more modern they become, will want to have less and less kids. Yep. The Haredim are just going to you know, get more and more. And the real crisis for the secular Israeli is, uh, we're going to have to be religious. <laughs> and the worst thing is going to happen one day, there'll no longer be a gay parade in Yerushalayim. Well, a tragedy of tragedies. Tragedy, Where's democracy? Yeah, Where's democracy? Yes, Guess exactly. what? They're the majority. They got voted in. Yes, exactly. uh, democracy only works for liberals if they win. Mm-hmm. Now, if they don't win, then it's not called democracy. For sure. <laughs> so anyway, but what, what you, Hashem, Hashem is, is, is guiding all this. Oh, for sure. It's all coming from the Kesser. For sure. But, but you need people to come from their Kesser. The Haredim are Moiser Nefesh. They're moisture nefesh to, 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 be, to learn Torah and to keep Judaism strong. So therefore, that's, that's, that's the keser that we have inside of us that we have to employ. That, that becomes a very important concept over there. And just uh, got another minute or so. The uh, keser also, it's interesting, the first word of the Torah is bereshi, starts with a vase. First word of the Ten Commandments is Anochi starts with an Aleph. Mm-hmm. Why does the Torah start with, why did the Bible start with a Bez and the Ten Commandments starts with an Aleph? Yeah. Well, creation starts with a Bez because Bez is the number two, which means multiplicity. And that means it's not one. And that means Hashem is concealed because creation requires that. Creation requires concealment. But when Hashem gives the Torah, he's not creating anything. He's revealing himself to the Jewish people. And Anochi, Aleph Nun Chafs Yud, the Gemara says, stands for Anon Nafshik Sivas Yavis. I have written down my soul. And therefore, Hashem revealed in the Torah that highest level of Hashem with the Aleph, which is one. And Hashem revealed the Keser at Sinai. And what happened as soon as Hashem revealed the Keser? They died. They couldn't live in that reality of the Kesser. Hashem reveals it again. Boom, they died again. He says, okay, we're going to have to lower this down a little bit. We're going to have to apply it another way. But that is the deeper understanding of the Zohar. Hashem, the Torah, and the Jewish people are one. Because that is exactly what Hashem is. Hashem reveals the Kesser in the Torah, but he even cloaks the Kesser. 
the real, real Torah is, was before the world was created. That part is the Kesser. What comes down in the Chumash is already a concealment upon concealment upon concealment, but if you're a great Kabbalist, you can bring it all the way back to the top. That's, there's so many layers of Torah. And that's why the Arizal says, on Shavuos, which is three weeks from now, Hashem reveals the Kesser to some extent through the Aserah Sadibros, his ultimate will. And finally, finally, the Vilna Gon says, if we want to have the ultimate Geula, the ultimate redemption, it has to work through the Kesser. Because the Kesser is the ultimate desire of Hashem. And everything is going to be so un not understandable as it is right now. can't understand a Holocaust. You can't understand how the state of Israel is founded by anti-Semites. Okay? And you can't understand how Judaism could thrive in a country that the founders hate Torah. <laughs> true. That's true. They hate it. They hate it with a passion. The founders, not the regular rank and file, not the regular Yid, but the founders, they hated God. They wanted to destroy Yiddishkeit in Israel, and see, it didn't happen like that. All these miracles, all the victories and battles, it's all the Kesser, and the Kesser is beyond. You can't, don't, don't try to figure it out. You see, that's why all the American, what do you call it, the diplomats can't figure this out. Of course you can't figure it out, because it's beyond human rationale. It's only one way to figure it out. Americans should support Israel, yeshivas, give money for Israel to have yeshivas, and it'll be really strong, there'll be lots of peace. But Americans don't want that because yeah, they don't now believe in morality. And why do we want to have any morality? Now, just a good little hint that Gross says, there's a, 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 a number um, uh, play called Atbash. At is Aleph Tov, where you can, rever you can re re reverse, replace the first letter with the last letter, second last letter, so Aleph can be a Tuf, Tuf can be an Aleph, Beis can be a Shin. Keser, Chaf, Saf, Reish, if you flip the letters, mm -hmm. okay, Reish is the, Saf uh, of Keser is the last letter, so you got an Aleph. Reish is the third last letter, so you can go to the third letter. And Chaf is the middle on one side, and Lamed's on the other. Mm -hmm. So the Atbash of Keser is Gimel Aleph Lamed, which is Ga'al, which is revelation. Wow. Uh, salvation. Salvation. So that's where the Mashiach is going to come from. It's going to come from the Kesser. Now, how is that going to... But that only is going to be if we are living a certain level of Kesser, which means a lot of self-sacrifice, which is the next topic for Monday. Okay. All right, shkoyach, everybody.